Welcome to the Lighthouse Experiment, a Freedom Center Church podcast. Welcome back, TLE family and friends. <laughs> I had to do it a little differently this time. My name is Ashley Chandler. I'm here with the amazing Jason Hiddle and Jim Parker. Amazing. 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 Wow. Leveled up. So I guess. Leveled up. <laughs> Jim, do you want to yeah. give us a quick... So yeah, for I've been for the last little season here, I've been looking and studying and researching post-traumatic stress and how our first responders and veterans feel about it. It's like more of that and less what society is telling us and what people in in some realms are using as their advertisement or you know just kind of the stigma that's coming along with it that when I've talked to veterans and first responders, isn't always true, and it's kind of more concerning to them. So I've formulated some questions and an outline here. Awesome. So I guess we'll get right into it. Um, do you have post-traumatic stress? Yeah, and this was a question for both Jason and me, and I would say yes. Yeah. Absolutely. This Short just... answer. Short answer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think everybody does to some degree at different points in yeah. life. Yeah. I would say all humans, all grown humans, some children... Yeah. But, you know, anybody over the age of, like, two years old, or sometimes, you know, in rare circumstances, people younger than that have some sort of trauma that's occurred. So what are we specific, specifically describing for, like, our, um, like, groups of people? For first respond, Like, if we're trying to explain it to the community, then... The first responder community would be police, fire, EMS. I like to bring in dispatchers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's they're in a different world, kind of, but they're they're a part of what we're doing. Okay. And then, of course, I don't know. I think Jason and I would agree then that the uh, ER staff, because they're the front line of the hospital. Yeah, they they see everybody first. True. And then our military, our veterans, and, and of course, personnel yeah, and stuff. you know, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines. And generally that's speaking, good. those these folks are experiencing a different level of trauma, right. a different type of trauma because of the types of things that they see on duty. Yeah. Um, and then as far as how often? You know, it's not fair to say it like we brought it on ourselves, but we go into these situations on the regular, you know, whether you're off in some combat hot zone or you're, a, a, you know, a high volume area, police officer, firefighter, or, e, or paramedic, or EMT, we intentionally of going into these situations and so what's happening more honestly more with the veteran community is these guys are coming home and then there's all these these misconceptions about their post-traumatic stress and and there's a lot of guys that are frustrated by it so i the kind of the questions i put on the notes there come from that um for, for example like you know, I think question one was, do people feel like they can't approach us because they might they don't know what's going to be the trigger? Right. So sometimes, sometimes in this house. But then you have the opposite where you don't want to ignore somebody because right. you're afraid to talk to them. But then it's also helpful to know, like, well, we were at a wedding Friday night. 
And knowing that the back of where the reception was, you kind of got funneled down into the back of this building. And then it was a small, like there's a small reception area with like the music where that was and all the, everybody was smushed together at the, the tables and it was wonderful. It was, I enjoyed it. But then partway through the night, talking to somebody whose husband is like really stresses them out. Like, didn't want to stay, like, was happy to be there, but it was really hard to be in that room with the way that everybody was tucked in there, right. all nice and neat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. those types of things, or even just, like, our Sunday services here at FCC, it gets very dark in here. It's not like some smaller congregations where it's very bright and open. You come in, too, and it's more of that, like, concert production feel, right. which is great for somebody like me that comes in and feels like I can focus and everybody else is darkened and kind of out of my view. Mm-hmm. But for other folks with certain types of PTS, right. that would be a struggle to come in and feel, like, comfortable. Right. It's going to cause stress. Right. So but, just you being know, most people aware are of that. approachable about that. And it's, I think what I was speaking to is the misconception is that you can't, like – it's just it being aware as the general public is cool and appreciated, but walking on eggshells in most cases is just downright insulting. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Well, and even if you don't know, like what you just described, um, I'm you get in a crowd and I, I get quiet. I probably have that, you know, blaring neon sign across my forehead that looks like I'm saying, you know, leave me alone, you know expletive off uh, type of thing <laughs> you'll have to edit that but uh, but if, if, if it's somebody who works in that environment or has worked in that environment you know you, you end up feeling isolated from everybody around the room because you're, you're kind of I don't want to say paralyzed because that over dramatizes it but you're kind of in survival mode so you're sitting somewhere where you can watch the doors and you know your back's covered and you're, you're not really engaging with people because you're, you're just overwhelmed right. by what's going on in the room. And to walk over and have a nice casual conversation with somebody, you'd be doing that person a, a very great service. Right. They're overwhelmed by everything going on in the room because of you know unresolved stress related to things. Mm-hmm. But to be able to have a meaningful dialogue with somebody that kind of maybe distracts us would be huge. So that person that's yeah. sitting there in the, the corner looking like, you know, Maybe even they look angry because right. they are, would be benefit from that one on one, you know, interaction that, that you might be able to offer. So kinda of like the two parts to that. So one, it's completely okay for that individual to be sketched out. I would be a hot mess if I was all crammed in. You okay. know, we've talked about this. But it's also okay and for a lot of us, for me, it would be appreciated that there's not special arrangements made. Okay. It's, I mean, that's my thing. Yeah, you like, don't want to be identified. Right. It's my thing that I have trouble in large groups with people all around me. Huh. But that's not the fault of, like, in the most recent circumstances, that's not foundation youth problem or fault. Right. So to stay away from things just because I'm uncomfortable or to not include me because they know that that might bother me, it would be worse. Yeah. I guess is the the point. So um, I guess out of that, so what do you have, what other things, like do you have a hard time with day-to-day tasks? Um, 
other accommodations or changes that you've made kind of to schedule and things? No. Or? <laughs> I, and that's like, that's a big one too. What about you for that one? You think day to day tasks? Because there's like a misconception where people will like hold responsibility from us or from veterans because again, you have post-traumatic stress and we don't mm-hmm. know that we want you to have this responsibility. Because you might crack or something. Because of, I think it's harder to concentrate if you're really, you know, maybe it's a, the anniversary of something, you know, I, I like, right. my, I, I have, uh, I don't think you mind me saying it, my brother was a police officer at another state and there was a pretty difficult shooting circumstance where two of his fellow officers were executed um, in a gang retaliation and he was responding he was the first officer on so when I know right. the anniversary of that he has some different issues going on absolutely um, you know completely understandably so we all know the time of year and we know that you know if he's a little short tempered or or whatever might be going on with him to just give him a little latitude because he's struggling with something right. real um, whereas Go ahead. I think a lot of us, a lot of in our field, and a lot of veterans are smart enough not to that we will separate ourselves, I guess, so to speak, or take time off, get away. Something like I know right? I do every when it comes up on the anniversary that you've seen that dude commit suicide. I take that day off for sure. Mm-hmm. It's almost pre at this point. I've been in sort so long that it's just wherever it lies. If it's in my work week, I just, that week I have a three-day week. Yeah. And they know it, and everybody knows it, and it's cool now, but on the day-to-day, for me, no. I don't, I I don't think I need tasks held for me, just because. Yeah. Some of it's getting, recognizing, I'll be careful, I'll say this, because there's some legal issues involved, but I had a, a, a operation in the, when I was in the Coast Guard that went south, and the outcome was avoidable, and what made it, I should have stuck to my guns. Um, I was outranked, and the person who outranked me made a persuasive argument, and it turns out in the end I was right, and because I didn't stick to my guns, people died. So um, that's kind of a, a, I don't know, I hate the word trigger, but for me, if I find myself in situations, and there was a uh, one of the mission trips that, that we've done here where we were helping with some hurricane relief, there was a situation where some of the people involved in, the, in one of the specific projects we were doing were putting themselves in a very, very dangerous situation. Like somebody almost got crushed by a tree, and I had to, like, it, I was ready to fight. Not not because I was angry with them, but because that situation evoked all that uh, for me. But I'm at the point where I recognize it, so I had to take a breath and I walked and did another project because I knew if I it was going to become like I end up in this conflict with these people that it's not their fault. I'm I'm dealing with a completely separate issue that this issue is you know bringing up. So I had to remove myself and get some some distance from it. And I, you know, I don't know how they interpret it. I've never talked to, to them about that specific situation to you know if, if if they even detected it. But for me, it's you know that's not a day to day issue. But you have to 
recognize, okay, this is going on and what I'm feeling right now is connected to that thing that happened over here, not to this moment now. Right. And you got to get some perspective so you can function in here and now. Okay. So. All right. So PTS, though, compared to PTSD. So the D is disorder. Right. Um, so how do you guys feel about the disorder of PTSD? Like, how is that different from uh, PTS? And because a lot of people just say PTSD. Well, right. Yeah. I think that what you were saying at the beginning, that the word disorder is probably the wrong word for it. But in the uh, clinically speaking, the differentiation is post-traumatic stress is simply the process you go through to deal with a stressful situation. Post-traumatic stress disorder is you entered into an area where you have chronic symptoms and you need you need intervention to get past that. Whereas post-traumatic stress would be, you know, like someone dies and you go through the grieving process, that falls in the post-traumatic stress category. Somebody gets shot in front of you and you can't get over it and you've got all these things that trigger you, now you have the disorder and you have to have the, the therapy to work right. through the process. Okay. So for me, I just don't like the word. I yeah, mean, I don't like the kind of, like in this. I mean, whatever disorder, it's just. But in this context, it's it bothers me because it it puts that stigma on you that you're broken. Now you're broken. You have this thing. We don't know that we can fully trust you because you have this this thing hanging over you. You know, much like any. And what's the, the shame of it is it just falls right along with every other kind of mental health thing. You know, there's a stigma that comes with it. And it's just, to me, it's just it's not like the gospel of anything. It's just my opinion. It's just gross and hurtful. And it, it just lends to the idea that we talked about in the episode where we spoke about Romans. It, it gives people the opportunity to make that their identity. And to just to live the rest of their lives in the identity and the 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 thought of being like over victimizing ourselves or challenging each other who's the who's seen worse and who's the more of the victim you know you know what I mean right well and you said you and I were talking like, like a week or so ago about you know when you really stop and think about it anybody who's in first response or as a veteran volunteered to go do something and we've all overcome. Right. Odds to varying degrees, and several people, a lot of people have seen some pretty traumatic things that definitely have an impact on them. But to some degree, it, it, you want to just kind of say, "Man up and overcome," just like you did everything else. And when you put the disorder label on something, it's like you're confining it in a box and that same potential that person had to overcome the obstacles of boot camp and whatever their training right. was and whatever obstacles came up in the missions they were tasked with, suddenly you're overwhelmed by this thing. Use that same work ethic and make success out of it. And I'm not saying right. it's an easy road or we should ignore the fact that people need help to get through that process. Right. But, um, it's like once you apply the word disorder, suddenly it's a it's a limiting description of something. Right. And and it shouldn't be that way, right? Yeah. It should be yet another obstacle in in the in the process right. of of doing what you've done. But to serve. you know, so you know, tie in with that. This is where community, like healthy community, and and like what we're doing here, where it's important because 
a big part of how all this stuff ties together is when you think about squad life for us or anything you you have a work partner or when you're in the military you're in a squad of guys and you go through all this and then it's just over and for a lot of guys the real hurt the real what they're really missing is that community and that team mentality mm-hmm. that we're all focused on the same thing i may be hurting i may have been through all this stuff but the bigger picture is this singular mission that we're on and it's easier for guys to when I'm drawing strength from the guys around me. Right. I'm not in it by myself and the things right. I would never attempt on my own. Right. Right. If yep. you're gonna do it, I'll do it. Right. You know, and you overcome those obstacles. Right. And, and even more than that, having those ahead of us. Right. That knowing, okay, if if you can do this, right. I then that gives me hope that I'm not stuck here. Right. That this right. isn't my right. my end all be all right now, now. That post I put a post out on the socials this week and the whole point of that little story is that this guy is trapped in a hole. He's trapped in a hole of this post-traumatic stress, and all the typical players are just basically leaving him in the hole. Oh, here's Shovel. <laughs> until, until the guy just like him, until the other medic comes along and jumps down in there with him. Right. And it's like, it's okay. We've been here before. Right. And, and it, I'm going to show you how to get out of this hole. And it's a process. Right. Like a step-by-step process. And that's kind of, you know the concept of lighthouse experiment and that that's what we're trying to be to some extent is like there's this light and this right. dark storm that you're in and it gives you a fixed point right to start moving taking that journey through that storm to get to safe harbor right and then and with that piece you know we bring people in and they see that and they get involved and that's where you know that that team mindset how we give them a team to be a part of and now we're full force multipliers, and our, mm-hmm. now we have more reach, and more reach, and more reach. And right. it's not, it doesn't have to be medications and doctor's offices and stuff like that. It can right. be people that are just like you, that have, you know, that have been in this before. Right. Or, Ashley, for you, you've been through some, some junk, and, and you're going to, you're that bridge between, you know, this, our world, and their world, kind of, the community. And it's, you know, and, and all of those pieces can work together. And the idea of today's episode was just the stigma and what social media says about it and what the interwebs say about post-traumatic stress. There is some truth, but it's not, it's not just cut and dried. Everybody's not just exactly the same. Everyone's right. dealing it with it differently. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that brings it together is that most military guys and most firemen and police officers, EMTs and paramedics, we operate in everything we do is a team mentality. We're all in it together. Yeah. And once you're separate from that, it's difficult, if not impossible, to to get the right kind. I mean, there's help. There's always help. But to be able to really work through things, you know, on your own or whatever. That's good. That's really good. So as we're wrapping up here and kind of, you know, closing comments and closing ideas and things, um, I I just want to encourage those that are in that place. Um, maybe you feel stuck. Maybe you feel isolated. Maybe you're kind of, you know, because 
I feel like that there's, you know, we've kind of talked before about you're you're expected to have a certain level of competent, competency um, to be able to get that job done, and it's on you. And so when you feel like you're not doing what you should, you should be able to get through this. You should, you know, this might be some of the self-talk. You're not meant to do this on your own. You are designed for community. You are designed to be in relationship with God the Father. He, um, in Christ, has given us his Holy Spirit. Um, all these things to be with us, dwell with us, and show us the way, show us how to do this. And so you're not less than because you've got some stuff, you know. And even more so, um, what we're doing now is to be able to come alongside people. You have a lot to give. Right. Um, but God's doing something in you and going to be faithful to bring you through that. And so if you have PTSD, great, go find help. Go find somebody that you trust, whatever that looks like. Today is not your last day. There is hope for you. There is a way. There is a process. God loves you too much to leave you where you're at. He is going to continue working in your life until you're done on your last day. You know. Right. So today is not the end-all, be-all. Um, there's a lot more good coming for you that God has for you. Cool. Yeah, I would I would say that um, that's probably the the biggest thing I could say, especially to military guys out there that. The struggle you might be in right now, if, if you're facing the, the symptoms of, of post-traumatic stress or PTSD, is you know it's overwhelming. But oh, this yeah. is just like just like the push-ups you did in boot camp. They're hard. They're terrible. Your arms were on fire, and you went to muscle failure while somebody's screaming at you, and you know God knows what kind of bugs were crawling up your nose. But that was to make you stronger and overcome. And if you do. If you overcome through faith, you know, much like Jim and I have gone through that process, it's something that makes you stronger. You know, you're in the midst of of that experience right now, but if you put it in God's hands and you take it step by step, you're going to come out on the other side stronger and a way to serve people through that strength. That's good. I say to wrap in closing, I think for our first responder community, for, you know, we're in a very unique high volume area that Jason and I work in and for all you guys that listen um, know that we have a place for you here at the Lighthouse Experiment there's a place for you we want you to come be with us and then walk with us you know we'll all walk all these this process out together you know there's for most of you been at this a long time so I can say with the utmost confidence that I've been there before I've seen the things I've felt the stress, the pressure, all of it. And we're just here. We're here to be alongside of you and give you good relationships and good conversations. That's that's that. That's awesome. Well, thank you for being with us today. Thank you, FCC, for letting us use your studio. Yes. Thank you, our listeners, for joining us today. Message, comments, send us questions. We're always available for stuff like that. We love it. Um, and follow us on our socials. Keep up with us. Be a part of us. Mess with me. Whatever. All that jazz. And we'll see you next time. Out.